Hi, I'm Marika and welcome to Money Chill Out. On this podcast, I want to dive into the world of the often unspoken topic of money. Effective personal finance management can be a great liberator, but also a huge stress factor in our lives. After a 10-year career on trading flows in London, I want to help demystify the intimidating world of finance and have an open, honest and frank conversation. By opening the discussion, I wish you identify yourself, learn, be inspired and get empowered. Every other week, I'll be joined by guests for conversation on money, mindsets, investment habits and any best practices they abide by. So join me on this journey as we unpick the complexities of finance and get more comfortable talking about our money. And when you're ready to go further in mastering your finances, come and work with me on a one-to-one coaching. You'll grow your awareness, move on with your projects, and have an accountability buddy to track your progress. Today, I'm very pleased to welcome Marine, an acquaintance with whom I had the chance to reconnect, thanks to our shared interests in yoga, books, and ecology. She's a thoughtful woman who nourishes herself and wants to have an impact. For this, she helps companies align their values with the planet through sustainable practices. She's an entrepreneur, a B Corp consultant, and guides businesses to balance purpose and profit. So let's hear more about her world or how we can make money in a sustainable way, incorporating social and environmental performances. Hi, Marine, how are you? Hi, Marika, I'm great. And you? Yeah, great. Thank you so much to be on this podcast. Thanks for your time. I'm uh, super interested in today's subject as environmental and sustainability issues are on everyone's radar. So I'm very keen to see what's being done in this field and how, as an investor, we can make our money work in line with our values. So can you tell us a bit more about the B Corp certification? Yes, B Corp movement was born in um, 2006 in the U.S., And we now count over 4,000 B Corps over the world in more than uh, 50 countries. It is for all kinds of companies, whether you are a big established one or a small company that wants to incorporate sustainable practices from the start. And basically, B Corp is about creating companies that are both profitable and sustainable because, you know, it's a very hot topic these days. There is only one planet. We have only one precious home, Mother Earth, and we all have to do our part. And the thing with B Corp is that companies, they do have an amazing power in the transition we are facing because they both combine financial power and organized humans. Do you know, for example, that uh, Amazon's market capitalization is higher than France's global activity budget? So this kind of figure is really interesting because it shows that companies, they do have a real power to make things move in the right direction. Yeah. And thanks for like uh, shining a light and putting into perspective. So how is it different to other labels and how, do, how long does it take to get certified and what are the main requirements for a company? Yes, I would say that the main differences about B Corp is that it is an international label first. It's something that rings a bell in a lot of countries. 
And the second point is that it is a global frame of reference based on the sustainable development goals developed by the UN, but other international standards such as uh, ISO or uh, GRI. And basically, it's a very, very strong label. It's very holistic, very strong, and you can really trust on that label. Another interesting thing about the B Corp label is that it's being updated every three years. So it's really a continuous improvement process on this label and uh, with the companies that are using it to better their, their impact. I see. So they're updating depending on, yeah, I mean, it's evolving, basically. Yes, it's always evolving. And there are so many subjects when talking about sustainability today. And all these subjects can be found in the assessment, in the B-Impact assessment. So it makes it uh, very easy for companies to measure their impact with B Corp. Mm-hmm. And um, about the certification itself, So to certify, you need to measure your impact through the B-impact assessments and get a minimum of 80 points out of 200. It can be a bit less. It depends on your company and your industry because the the interesting thing about B Corp is that the assessment is customized to each company. If the frame or like the question are really adapted to the company... How do you make sure that it's actually fair? Oh, okay. At first, the company completes the assessments, and then you go through complete process with an auditor. And so the auditor is checking the background of the company, and the company has to justify every answer that she is giving basically to the auditor. So this is the way you can check the company is on the right track and is answering an assessment that really reflects its industry. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. And to give us an idea, can you share some companies' names that are fully certified? Yes, of course. Well-known companies like Patagonia or Ben & Jerry's are certified since a long time. But you also have companies like Naturalia and Cezanne in France, which is a fashion brand. In the UK, you have a small company called Naked Sprat. And this is to show that you can be a big company and get the certification, but you can also be a small company and get the certification. And the timing for a certification obviously depends on the size of the company, but also on the initial score you get to the assessment you take. Yeah, I can imagine. So even though it depends on the company, it depends on your initial assessment, roughly how long are we speaking? Is it a question of a year? Is it five years? Well, it's a question of a year, a minimum a year process. If you start with a good score, if you start for a 60-point score, it's going to take at least a year to get the certification. Also, mainly because the label is facing an increasing demand. So they don't have enough auditors actually to answer that demand. So it takes a bit more time to, to process and to get the final audit. But also because it's, I mean, if you start with 60 points, you have to look for 20 points to get your 80 points. And these 20 points are not so easy to find. 
and to transform into concrete actions into the company. So it takes time to transform the points into concrete steps and concrete sustainable actions for the teams in the company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I imagine. And it's basically as well what makes the label pretty worth having. Otherwise, if it was too easy, yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. It is also why the B Corp label has a really strong value. Yeah, yeah. And B Corp scope is pretty wide because it englobes impact for communities, for customers, the environment, governance and workers. So which one are the most popular and why? That's an interesting question. I would say that none is most popular at the moment as they all work together. It's the interdependence principle, like everything is linked. So as a company, you can obviously choose your battles and priorities because you cannot work on everything at the same time. But becoming an impactful company is a wise balance between all these subjects. So, of course, at the moment, the environmental questions are on everyone's lips. But still, all the subjects matter. And it's funny to see how companies deal with some of them. I have a funny example for uh, governance. It's interesting because governance, it usually challenges top management on hot topics like employee ownership or profit sharing. And it's really funny to see how humans deal with that kind of subjects and the emotions connected to them. But all the subjects matters. And I have never seen for the moment a company choosing to work only on environmental practices, for example. They usually work on all the subjects to get uh, the point. Yeah, that's nice because it's much more impactful and powerful having all these topics together. So that's good. And if we look at the company side, what are the main advantages to be B Corp? I feel that the first main advantage is to measure clearly where you are when talking about sustainability and get concrete inputs on what you can do to improve your impact. You're also joining a community of people who take concrete steps towards a sustainable planet, and this creates a really interesting emulation. Another interesting point is that it really puts your company into a continuous improvement process as the frame evolves every three years, and you need to get your points every three years if you want to keep your certification. Mm -hmm. And also about the employer brands, With B Corp, you are really working on your employer brand and you are really giving a strong signal to new generations that you are trying to be a sustainable company. So if we go on the topic between real efforts versus greenwashing, so what's your assessment on ESG matters and why did you decide to go into that field? To me, it's all that matters today. I mean, we only have one planet. It's our unique home. So if we don't take care of it, What do we have left? What's the point of us talking about all this today if we don't have a home left? And I feel that everyone's priority should be taking care of our home right now and for the next 20 years. And there are so many ways to do it. Just find yours, embrace it like you are doing so, Marika, and like I'm doing. And um, that's what I did. That's why I chose this field. B Corp, ESG is uh, the perfect balance again for me because we all have a different path between my past career and what drives me today. 
And you have a very specific approach because you often compare yoga with B Corp. So can you tell us a bit more like how they're linked? The key word I would share with you, Marika, is uh, alignment. This is the key word between yoga and B Corp. In yoga, as you know, we align mind, body and soul so people can thrive and live in harmony with themselves and others. And the thing about B Corp is that we align companies with the planets so they can thrive, having a real positive impact on communities and environments. So this is the approach I take. And when I guide companies through the B Corp process, I try also to integrate the yoga approach so they can be more conscious about the way they are trying to be more sustainable. I really like it. It really talks to me. So, And I really like the fact that you mix space because, as you said, alignment is everything. So, yeah, really well done on that. Thank you. <laughs> so ESG is a hot topic that sells wells, to be honest. So have you noticed greenwashing? So in other words, institutions that are conveying a false impression that the products are more environmentally sound. Yes, it's true. Greenwashing is definitely part of uh, the world now. But to me, it doesn't mean that leaders are not trying to change things. There are humans like us, and we all make mistakes in our evolution processes. So to me, the real question is not about greenwashing, but about people education. The real question is about empowering people. Because us people we really have the power to make companies and leaders change. And if we all become aware of that, we all win. You know, greenwashing is uh, no longer possible when people are alert enough. And this is where we can have a big impact. So how can you be alert then? We have to stop buying or using what no longer resonates with us. It's the strongest tool we have to force companies and leaders to deeply change their businesses and operating models. And to be alert, the thing is that read the labels, like really read the labels of everything you buy and use. It's the easy way for you to understand if a company is really walking the talk or just trying to use ESG to sell more. Mm -hmm. And it's sometimes as well hard, even though you're looking at the labels, because Sometimes it says made in, I don't know, the UK or made in France, but it's only like the design, let's say, has been made in that country. And so, yeah, it's better than nothing, but still it's not necessarily like 100% true. I have a, an interesting story about that. I'm looking for a new purse, actually, and I went to a, a French brand, which is called the Nathanine, and I asked for a purse and they told me it's made in China. And I was like, I'm not going to buy a purse which is made in China, even though in the store, in the shop, it is written made in France, designed in France, and they really play with that. It's, it's a good example of greenwashing. Mm -hmm. And it's a good example as well that you have the power to say no, but thanks. And um, what do you think about the outcome of the COP26? That's a big question. <laughs> the COP26 makes me think about the last Disney animation movie, Raya and the Last Dragon. Have you seen it? No. <laughs> It's a very good one, if you have some time. Okay. But basically, in, this, in Raya and the Last Dragon, leaders, they are trying to save the world, but they are still governed by their ego. 
And the thing about our egos is that they always want more. They are never satisfied with what they have. So our leaders are trying, but they are still not seeing the global perspective. So the decision taken at the COP26 are not enough. And it's been like that for a long time now. That's why people are fed up with these kinds of initiatives. That is why Greta Thunberg is talking about failure and global greenwashing festival. It's a very strong statement. Mm -hmm. But like I said before, our leaders are humans before being leaders. So we need to educate them first so they can help us move towards the right direction. And um, I think COP26, it is still important because it gives a strong signal that our leaders are aware of the situation and they are now fully aware and educated about the fact that we only have 10 years left to change our global trajectory. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit scary and um, I'm not sure they are going to do something. And I'm sure that they won't have a concrete impact on local communities. The thing I'm sure about is that we people, we have the power to do something. So again, it's about us, the people. We can deeply change things by saying no and by choosing what resonates with us every day in every action that we take. Now, education is really the key to me on all that subject. Mm -hmm. And it uh, links nicely with the next subject I wanted to approach with you, how to target ESG while investing. So if you want to align your values and your money, I can, an investor, and we're not talking about big amounts, like whatever the amount they have, can actually make an impact. Yeah, it's all about the choices we make. Today, profit without purpose is no longer sustainable. So as an investor, you can choose to invest money in companies that want to improve their impact or into companies that are creating an impact through their business model. And to do so, you can check the websites and the background of the companies you want to invest in. It's the same exercise as when you read the labels, like really try to find information about the company you want to invest in to see if it's a good investment. Today, you have a very good website. It's in France. I'm not sure it's, it's outside of France. It's called uh, lita.co. It's a website that references all the companies that are looking for investors. And these companies are only companies that want to have an impact and to change things. Nice. Okay. I didn't know. I'll, I'll definitely have a look. And do you know any investment funds, let's say, that are targeting impact investing? Yes, this sector is, uh, this industry is kind of moving fast these days. Uh, 2021 has been a real game changer for impact funds. In France, well, you have um, Mirova, which is B Corp certified, which was the first funds to get the B Corp certification. You have Founders Future that uh, usually works a lot with uh, startups. You have Citizen Capital, Alter Equity. Mm -hmm. I see it these days when I work with companies, their investors, they are really asking questions about their ESG initiatives. So it is changing fast and that's good for all of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, do you have any other ideas or initiatives that comes into your mind or how we can make our money work with that sustainability angle? 
you can change your bank, for example, <laughs> because uh, most banks, they use money to finance projects, but usually we don't know about the kind of projects our bank finances. And I had no idea about this before entering the B Corp world, but sustainable finance is a really hot topic. And it's very interesting when you dive deep into that subject because you realize that your savings are financing projects you would never support if you knew about them. So you can choose a bank that is going to support sustainable energies instead of fossil fuel, for instance. Okay. And do you have examples of those? Yes. In France, you have initiatives like Green Guts or Elios, which promote green finance for everyone. Yeah, that's cool. And the, the topic of the bank is interesting. It's a good example because it is something we can address easily at an individual level. And this is going to have a really big impact at a collective level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really makes sense. And you're a keen reader. So do you have any book recommendations to know more about sustainability? I'm thinking about two books. The first book is called Why Buddhism is True. It's by Robert Wright. And it's a really good one to understand why humans, we function as we function and what we can do to evolve. And I think it's the base of more sustainability. That is why I'm quoting this book right now. Okay. And the second one is uh, This Changes Everything by Naomi Klein. And Naomi Klein, maybe you've heard about her. She wrote a lot of books on uh, climate change and sustainability. And usually it's... Um, It's very funny the way she addresses this subject. Cool. That's nice. And how do you make it work on your personal life? How do you make an impact? So you only buy what you really need and with the right labels. Do you have any other things that, that you do on a daily basis? Well, first, I try to do my best, but I'm still not perfect and I'm still processing. So it's a continuous improvement process. So I try, mainly I would say I try to connect with nature every day by, because nature always brings me back to what matters most. I practice anti-tish yoga, which is very helping to be more sustainable in my day-to-day -day life. I only buy local food. I basically cook all my food at home and it's way better than industrial food. And yeah, the next step is about what I wear, like the fashion, what I buy. Sometimes it's hard, you know, you want to buy something and you realize it's made in China or in Pakistan and still you want it because it's a nice piece. So I need to find a, a new balance with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I'm just trying to walk my talk and, but still processing on a lot of subjects. So yeah, I'm, I'm doing my best, I would say. Yeah, yeah, but it's good, like, because it's not as if, like, you're an environmental guru or, yeah, you're just trying to get better. And it's basically having these kind of examples, which doesn't seem too hard, that other people can be influenced and inspired to actually change. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because it's not so difficult. I mean, it's, it's really easy to make these changes. It takes time. I would just say, like, be patient with yourself and take it step by step. I say the same things to the companies I guide to B Corp certification. It takes time to become impactful. So that's why yoga is helping a lot because yoga teaches us patience. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good. Great word. Thank you so much, Marine, for this discussion. I really enjoyed it. And uh, it really talks to me, the yoga, the sustainability, everything. So I can really feel your passion, your willingness to help and contribute to a better world. And I'm very impressed with how everything seems aligned in your life. So well done. It's pretty inspiring. And um, I think this issue of sustainability and responsibility is key and attracts a lot of interest. So it's great to hear about initiatives and get to know people who are truly making a difference. So thank you so much. Take care and uh, all the best. Thank you so much, Marika, for having me and uh, talk to you soon. <laughs> thank you. Thanks. Bye. So at the end of this episode, I hope you're as enthusiastic as I am. You can find the notes and the key takeaways on my website at maricafino.com. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and spread the word. Thank you.